Hello everybody and welcome back to me, everybody's favourite part-time princess, Lexi Royal. And somehow we have made it to our first milestone for the podcast, episode 5. Yes, that's right, we now have as many episodes of this podcast as there are colours in that girl's hair from that one McFly song. As this is our first milestone, I thought it would be only right for us to have a very special guest indeed. Today's guest is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. He is an absolute savant when it comes to makeup. He has set up his own feminization service and helped so many girls out there feel just fabulous, to be honest, and has helped the community so damn much. And he even has his own Channel 4 mini documentary series about him. There is, of course, only one person I could be talking about here. So, without further ado, let's spill the royalty with Wow Man Patrick. Hey guys, I am Patrick Baston. I am the founder and creator of Wow Man, the dressing service based in Manchester. It's a dressing service uh, special who specialises in feminising and glamorising. And I know the gorgeous, wonderful Lexi when we first met on our Me to She uh, documentary series. It's it's great to have you here. It's great yeah. to like have you like <laughs> switching sides because uh, obviously I first appeared in your podcast and um, I stole your idea seemingly <laughs> yeah you stole my idea but, and you've run with it and you know what I feel like you've taken the pressure off my shoulders because I thought oh I'm gonna start this podcast and it's gonna be great and then you started doing it and I thought do you know what I'll just let Lexi do it because she's gonna speak to the same people <laughs> that I'm gonna speak to and I'd rather someone else do it and probably do it and put a bit more effort into it than I would do oh <laughs> I'm glad I kind of have your blessing yes um, you've taken the result. torch and you can run with it darling I <laughs> thank you very much. Um, right, so as you as you said in your little intro, so um, the first time we met was during the the Channel Four mini documentary series Me to She, which is still mind blowing to think that's even kind of something that like happened. But that's like your that's that's your documentary series. How yeah. did that? happen how you approached what was the story behind it do you know what i literally woke up one morning and i had a an email in my inbox from our dear friend cal saying hi uh i'm from barcroft studios i'm working for channel four and um we've been commissioned to make 100 uh videos for channel four like little mini documentary series would you be interested in talking to me Ooh. And I remember I was at my friend's house and I, 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 I shoved the, it was really funny actually, because she had just got an email like the day before about something really exciting. I actually can't remember. Ooh, okay. I actually can't remember what it was now. Come to think of it, but there was something. So we were both excited about these things. And I was like, look, 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 this has happened. And so we were both like all buzzing and all happy, but I'm very much of oh. the opinion that <laughs> when I was younger, I used to have this little catchphrase. like, don't jump too high or you'll fall and hurt yourself. Because I always had a habit of getting my hopes up for things and then it it not coming to fruition. So I thought, okay, this is cool. Like it might happen. If it does happen, that's really exciting. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. So um, I sort of just plodded along kind of like emails here and here and there back and forth and sort of, and then, and then all sort of fell into place and happened. That's so like amazing. How long did it take for like things to get off the ground? Oh, not that long, to be honest with you. It was only a couple of months. I think because it's all, it was all online, uh, digital. Like, um, it was all um, online stuff that it all happened a little bit quicker. And it was a small crew and a small team. Obviously, I, I presume they don't have to take as many boxes if it's all for online, as if it was going on. Um, like on actual TV and stuff, it would probably be a bit of a different process and a bit of a longer winded process. 
Um, but no, it was all quite a quick turnaround. Um, that's great. So, like, at what point? So, I um, applied for um, the the series um, when I believe someone retweeted um, your ad on Twitter. Yeah. My timeline. And I was like, huh, I should I should go for that just because would be cool. Would be really interesting. Um, and and yeah, that was really quick. Like on like for me as well. Like I ended up having an interview. Like, like on the phone like the next day yeah. and Skype interview the day for that and then it really was a very streamlined process which is what I wasn't um like expecting yeah um, I was kind of the same I was like oh this is actually happening and it's all I, I you know I've had experience with other bits and bobs here and there and it's all been a bit disjointed and all they actually did seem a bit more streamlined and it all kind of went together quite quickly were they so were I, I, it's funny because I know I've obviously met Cal mm. but it's it's like well, <laughs> I feel awful. Was Cal easy to work with? Oh my god, yes, and like, like a dream. Like to set things up. And um, I've still, I, I, I did a little thing for them a couple of weeks ago, which should be coming out very soon. Um, a, l- a little insider gossip, guys. Um, it's not that Ooh. exciting. Basically, they wanted to put together like a one, a one episode of like, hi, it's Patrick from Me to She, and I'm doing this, and I'm at home, and I'm in isolation. This is what it's led me to. <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> yeah, that kind of that kind of a video, uh, which it should be really empowering, hopefully. Um, and it's quite funny because I actually filmed it all myself, and they sent me all the equipment, and then I was sat filming it in my bedroom, and like, God, really? yeah, they were skyping me while I was doing it. So I've I've like, I've <laughs> kept I've kept in touch with Cal, and we've been talking quite a bit here and there about different things. And um, I'm I'm very fond of him. Like he's he's a great guy. And to be honest with you, the whole team there are all really good. And I mean, this is my first experience really with anything like this. So I think I've had quite a good experience. Um, uh, but it's all been absolutely. great. It sounds very exciting. Yeah, it sounds very exciting. Um, and and it's very sweet that you kept in contact and that you're even doing like an extra little thing. Yeah. Um, with like self isolation and everything. That's so. <laughs> that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, Thanks. So so far. Um, well, published as of now, there are three episodes um, out. Yes. Um, now, obviously, I know you can't reveal any details, but are there any more episodes in the works? Like, number-wise, can you give a number? Or um, It's all really difficult at the moment because of the situation that we're in at the moment. We can't film anything with uh, being in lockdown and everything's mm. kind of been put on a halt. Right. So, uh, I don't know, basically. Ah, so everything's a bit off. Yeah, Corona has really cocked so much up. There's a big question mark over a lot of different things at the moment, and the conversations that I've been having with them have all been like, this could happen, that could happen, we don't really know, we're in discussions, so who knows what the future has in hold. Mm, well, hopefully everything um, comes off uh, as it was intended, because it's great how the series has got traction, um, and it's had such overwhelming support. Like, I, like, uh, I did the one thing I probably wouldn't have done, um, and I, I check the comments uh, my documentary <laughs> routinely. Um, but I also did the same for, for Lucy's and Anna's. And it's just, again, it's very much a 95% positive to Good. 5% That's nice to hear. negative. It's so exceptionally sweet. And there's also a lot of people, there's a lot of um, women just asking, oh, I wish you could do my makeup. <laughs> um, across nice. all three, that's very popular. Good. That's nice to hear, actually. I, I, haven't, I haven't read any of the comments on anything because I, I know that it's one of those things that gets a can of worms. Once I, I started, I would sit and I would read every single comment. And I'm just not going to do that to myself. I, so I must confess, at the beginning, 
and I shouldn't have, but that's what I did. But there was like no next to no negativity. But I totally understand where you're coming from. Mm. Do you have a favorite memory? Because you've done three, and you've done like kind of obviously the first one was like just filmed like in your flat, and then the second one, you um like you went shopping with Lucy first, and then I don't actually know where you ended up filming the third one with like Anna. Do you have like a particular favorite memory? I think from the Medici filming. I I I mean, it, my favorite memory from every kind of experience I have with each kind of client, friend, whatever, anyone who I'm getting glammed up is that moment of doing the reveal. And I think mm. possibly less so with yours because yours was a bit more, um, not rushed, but uh, we didn't kind of, basically the other two, there was a bit more of like a build up for the reveal and and they hadn't seen each other for so much longer. Whereas you had kind of, you know, not giving everything away, but you'd seen yourself in the mirror and everything before we did the big reveal. But the other two hadn't. I had I seen myself in the mirror, so it's like I know you had seen me, but like when I was like getting changed, because that's a comment I saw actually a couple of times. Was like, how like, have you seen yourself? No, and it's like like I'm stood next to a mirror and like across the mirror. I like tried my hardest like to look down. Uh-huh. But I totally understand where you're coming from, though. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, definitely. It's always my favorite moment, the big reveal. Because it's like, it's like just it. such a great, lovely moment and seeing people smiling and happy and pleased. Uh, and then it's like, oh, thank God I can relax now. <laughs> I, it's so, it's such a breathtaking um, like moment. And it's um, really, is like like I said, like in my episode, like it's, I recognize myself, but I don't, you did like such a fucking phenomenal job, to be honest. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like amazing. Well, it like, helps so have the, a very good canvas. I, oh, <laughs> cho- they chose very good people. I'm not going to lie, because I was thinking, God, what if they choose someone who's a bit of a potato? Oh, <laughs> and there were no potatoes. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm very glad to hear that you don't <laughs> think myself or any of the others are potatoes. No, you are. <laughs> um, right. So the documentary series um, is it's it's focused on um, Wow Man, the dressing service that you um, that you run. Yeah. What? Like, what was the inspiration behind that? Because I imagine there was some kind of experience that made, like clicked and was like, right, okay, I think I should do this for dressers and trans girls and et cetera, et cetera. I think it was years of bullying from some of my clients into doing it <laughs> and years of persuasion. So I, I started, blah, 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 blah. I'll try that again. When I first started doing makeup, I worked for a makeup brand that was all about championing your individuality, like that their tagline was makeup for your alter ego so it attracted a lot of the cross-dresser community and it attracted obviously lots of drag queens and we even had some trans girls coming to our makeup counter people who like to really experiment with makeup so it drew in a lot of the other as I like to refer to people you know people who are out of the uh, heteronormative life Hmm. And um, so I instantly, the second I started doing makeup in a professional capacity, I always had loads of clients who, you know, had been assigned male at birth and wanted to wear makeup. And yeah. from that, I've, I've kind of always been involved in the community, but never deeply involved in it because the rest of my my makeup career has always been quite busy. So there was almost, it was almost like I sort of had those clients, but I didn't nurture it. And then, right. and uh, two of my, my sort of, I like my, my best friends now, my really, my absolute huge, like heroes and champions, uh, Carrie Cox, Maurice and uh, Jesse. I met the three of them kind of like all through Carrie basically. 
and they had all, the, all three of them really championed me starting this business and they were like look there's a there's a market here that because they used a long time ago there was a woman um Alison Dale who run a place called Image Works in Manchester which was a dressing service and uh, she did a really really good job she was very good and she was probably one of the only sort of like decent places in the north and uh she unfortunately her that she i think it was in the basement of her house or in a building and it got flooded one day so she basically lost everything like all her clothes the shoes the set and everything everything was ruined oh god which i always i really struggled to giggle not to giggle at because it sounds like this like she lost it all in a terrible accident <laughs> it does sound there was a storm <laughs> <laughs> and, um, washed all away literally, it, it's the sim- similar thing happened to my stepmom and I always giggle whenever I tell the story of how her family lost all their riches in a terrible accident they used to have this big mill and apparently in a storm it all like blew down I think it sounds like such a fa- like a fabulous fairy tale fantasy but, uh, it, it does to be honest yeah, yeah. Does. <laughs> they lost the mill but unfortunately for Alison it wasn't a fairy tale it was real life and she lost her business basically so um, and then I, from what I've heard, she like she has a salon and she's doing very well for herself anyway. Um, so there was a, a bit of a gap, and there became a bit of a gap in my life as well because I was teaching uh, during the week and I was working in a makeup school, actually the makeup school that I went to uh, in Manchester, and that kind of started to fizzle out a little bit. I was teaching like their part time courses, and they they took a bit of a, a restructuring and decided that they didn't want to do as many of the part time courses. They wanted to do the full-time ones, which I couldn't commit to. So I had lots of free time on my hands. And I literally, I turned to my boyfriend one day and I said, I'm going to buy a wig and I'm going to get you dressed up and I'm going to take some pictures and just like see what people think of the idea of me, you know, doing this. Right. Just like, let's just have a go because everyone's saying that it would be a good idea that uh, that I do it. And I had a camera from filming some YouTube content with the salon I worked in and we just had a go. And uh, those very pictures are up on my Instagram feed, Wowman Patrick. If you scroll right down to the front, it's the very, very glamorous uh, 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 John, <laughs> all glammed up. Um, and um, they went down an absolute storm on Twitter. And like, it it was one of those sort of things. I was like, holy shit, like this has exploded. And everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is amazing. And uh, I was really blown away. And um, I was sort of, when people were saying like, we want to book in and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I was like frantically on the internet trying to put like a website together and thinking, how am I going to cost this? Like, what am I going to do? I've got no clothes, help. And I, I literally, I sort of started by saying, right, I'm running this business. I'm, I've set this up and I had nothing. I had no shoes, I had no clothes. I had one wig. Um, I had I had one wig and a a gown and like a a nightgown thing and a couple of like dresses and that was literally it. And now my bedroom Christ. is exploding, and I'm looking hopefully if, I, if the, the economic crisis well, and the health crisis calms down a little bit. I'm hoping to move at the end of the year and uh, oh, okay. into a bigger place. And everything's yeah really gone quite crazy over the past year and a half. Christ, bloody hell! Um, so, I, I'm presuming because it's like you in the community now. It's like you are like like dressing services in general are a staple, but you specifically are like like most. I know there are a lot of there are a couple of dressing services um, in the UK, but I feel yours is the most well known. 
Oh, thank um, you. I, well. I, I, pre- I appreciate that. I, I, I would beg to differ, but that may, maybe that's just because I have this like huge imposter syndrome with everything in life. I but, I, <laughs> but, but I think, I think it's because I've, I've come about quite quickly, quite recently. There's a bit of a buzz. Um, and, but there's places like Boys Will Be Girls, um, run by Cindy in uh, London, who has been around for a long time, and she is fantastic at what she does. And um, and then, oh, everyone else's names are escaping me. Uh, there's a wonderful girl in Dublin, um, Susie, something I can't remember her name. <laughs> I'm so I'm so bad with names. I'm like I can barely even remember my own name. I can't remember any of my family's birthdays. And it's terrible. So when people are like, what's my birthday? I got into a huge argument with my boyfriend about it today because I couldn't remember his birthday. And um, really, your boy, like, fair oh, enough for family, but your boyfriend. No, I don't. Know. I don't know anyone's birthdays. I don't even know my own. And um, um good God. <laughs> and anyway, so yeah, no, there are lots of different dressing services throughout the UK, and it's really interesting meeting people as well who've been who've been visiting dressing services for years to hear the stories from you know back in the 80s and the 90s of where they had to go and what kind of like where they would like they'd go to the back page of the men's magazine and there'd be like a small advert and where they'd go and they'd go to this seedy little place in London and it's gone from stuff like that to being something celebrated and that's really what I want to do is I want to help educate people and make people realize that it isn't something that happened has to happen behind closed doors anymore and that I, I think there always will be a place for dressing services, but I think that they should all look to shift and change a little bit and become less about all being indoors and being more outdoors and in the public and in the open and really championing championing the change. I absolutely, yeah. Um, and I feel, so I feel from my perspective, because I, I guess I am ingrained in the community myself, mm. so I think the reason why you are so widely known is because because you are manchester based i guess so it's like people it's very convenient for people to, if they wanted to yeah like have a day when they wanted to all glam up and everything they could spend the day with you and dress up and then if they want to stay in manchester for like the night or whatever they could then um go to canal street or something yeah, like that it I, seems it, you're based in a very good like area yeah i think manchester is a really good place it's uh you know i i, I work in my makeup work at a lot of events that host people from the whole like of the UK and they always choose areas in Manchester or just outside Manchester because it's a really good sort of like people from Scotland Wales the south of the country people from Northern Ireland from Southern Ireland everyone can really get to it really easily and it's cheap Mm. whereas well it's not cheap but compared to if you're going and staying overnight or for the weekend in London oh god yeah in comparison you're gonna spend a lot more money Bloody hell, um, yeah. But I just love Manchester. I think it's the best city in the world. Maybe not the world, but it's a very good city and I love it very much here. And um, I suggest, I, I, I highly recommend everyone comes and visits me. Post-lockdown. Uh, once all this lockdown's over. Yeah, once all this lockdown's over, I'm going to say. Um, yeah, Manchester is um, amazing. I, um, I recently... F- held a birthday kind of do there which is such a shame you couldn't make because of the weather the weather fucked everything yes up. i'm I'm gonna partially blame my friend because she was being a bit moody and she was no no we have to go we have to go otherwise we'll get stranded and do you know what the really funny thing is that so we a little bit of insider information again here guys that i was uh, due to come to to lexi's birthday and uh 
at one point didn't think I was gonna be able to make it. Things changed and I was gonna be able to make it so great. But I was also visiting another birthday party beforehand. And that birthday party, I was going, I was sort of just like accompanying my friend and I was only accompanying her so that I could go to your birthday. Right. And um, so we get there and it's funny because it was a, a model's birthday. So it was all these like model girls everywhere. And it's all, and like, they were just all so dull and like not talking to each other. And it was just really weird and boring. Um, <laughs> but on Very the journey over, something. we drove from Leeds to Manchester and the weather, honestly, it was biblical. It was like something out of a horror film. And Charlotte and I were in the front seats and we were like, oh my God, we're going to die. This is literally the start of a horror film. This is how we die. Because driving from Leeds to Manchester, you drive over like the highest, the highest uh, motorway in the country. And it's terrifying on a good day, let alone when you're in the middle of a blizzard. So we were really scared that if we tried to drive back much later, that the blizzard would have got much worse. And then we would have been stranded. So I I did think that her concerns were justified. Of course, we get in the car, we drive back, and it's clear as anything. It obviously rained, and all the snow had like cleared up. So, but then she was like, I could see the heart, like she was buzzing, like her, her big head was smiling. She was like, I'm so glad we've managed to get back every, and everything's safe. I'm like, yeah, I'm not fucking glad. I've missed out on a birthday party again, but it is what it is. Well, there'll be there'll be um, always next time, and there's always the potential. So um, I don't know whether you've heard about it, because I believe you are um, involved in in that particular chart of Drag Castle, which is essentially my next birthday party, which I'm planning. Um, I, I definitely next... I keep missing all the messages, and then I kind of open up and go, "Oh my god, there's far too many," and then I just comment at like the last message. But I, I love this idea; I think it's amazing, and I really want to come. Um, so I am trying to rally up funds so I can book the deposit. It is for, uh, it's, it's, it's okay for me to talk about this because it's going to be very exciting. I imagine there's going to be lots of, um, photos. The, um, the, the castle is in Wiltshire, home of Anchor Butter, Scaredy Cat and Stonehenge, I think are three <laughs> notable things. Um, and the Wiltshire Massive going... as well. Like my, my and... <laughs> pageant, there's a big pageant community in Wiltshire and I, I always call them the Wiltshire Massive. I, the, the Wiltshire Massive. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Oh. Um yeah, so it looks like it's going to be really um it's going to be a lot of fun. And if you it would be great if you could come along. Oh, in such a, it's going to be so phenomenal. It's, it's gonna be two nights, um, and something that I'm planning on doing is it's gonna be called Lexi's Drag Castle. I'm essentially going to be running a little drag competition on the second night. Um so if you wanted to enter that, I'm gonna get a trophy made and everything. If, oh, you, God, wanted if you wanted to um like, a tiara and a crown, or, please. Yes, I'm there. I um <laughs> like um absolutely. So speaking of the discount drag races though, you were in a drag race, just not RuPaul's. <laughs> not RuPaul's, no. <laughs> no. You were in Trudy's drag race, weren't you? Like can, can you explain drag race. <laughs> like what is the story behind Trudy's drag race? Oh my god, this was so long ago. Uh Trudy Trudy Scrumptious is I would call like my original drag mother. Um, in Belfast, there is this wonderful, gorgeous, incredible drag queen, Trudy Scrumptious, and she has the biggest heart of anyone I've ever met, and she's freaking hilarious. And when me and my best friend Anton started doing drag, uh, Trudy was probably the only person in Belfast that was actually, actually, that's not fair. There are a couple of Rust, like we had Rusty Hinges was like really great to us as well. And there were a couple of other drag queens who were really nice, but a lot of them sort of like turned their, like a cold shoulder towards us because we were, we were young and pretty. But Trudy really looked after us. And the, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race had just started. So we're going back to 2008 here. Um, and maybe even... Was it been 2008? 
yeah, I'm going to go 2008 or nine. It was it was when Drag Race had just started. It was the first year, and it was airing uh, late at night on uh, E4. Believe it or not. Right. Okay. Um, E4. Of yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they used to air it at like like eleven or twelve o'clock on E4, like long after it actually been on in America. And then it was only the first series. It didn't ever uh, put it on Channel Four again. And uh, Trudy started her own version, Trudy's Drag Race. And I think she's done a couple of them since. I will have to see if I can find for you the, um, because there is a laminated like picture that said, um, oh my God, I'm like outing myself here now because I'm going to tell you my, my drag name. Um, or has it been mentioned before? Do you know what my, my drag name was? No, no, no. Okay, so, so it was, it was Sahara Dolce. The, the what, sorry? Sahara Dolce. Ooh, <laughs> very fancy. Very seductuous. Um, <laughs> uh, the story behind my drag name goes, basically, I um, I sat, sat on my friend's uh, patio and his drag, his um, his patio heater was called Sahara Big Burn. And we laughed and said, oh my God, that sounds like a drag queen's name. So for about a week, I was Sahara Big Burn. And then it turned, we formed the Dolce Sisters. Um, and so I was Sahara Dolce until I moved to Manchester and I dropped it. But um, through being Sahara Dolce, <laughs> I entered into Trudy's Drag Race and I got through uh, no rounds. I left on the first round. <laughs> oh, you were the first person. I was the first were... person oh. out. Yeah, I, honestly, because I was terrible. I looked great, but I, I can't lip sync and I can't dance. So I, I got kicked out in the first round, rightfully so. And also I lost what, the, what the race. Sorry, babe. Oh, that's right. Sorry, there was so what were the challenges and obviously yeah, there was explain the like the the actual drag race that you had as well. Yeah, so Trudy had this theory, uh, and she, I don't know where she'd heard it from, but she said that that in part in places in America they have actual drag races, um, and that's apparently where RuPaul's Drag Race came from, like the name of it. Right, and um, the, where the queens will go out, they'll put one handbag and then they'll put another handbag down the end of the street, and they will race. So that's what she did. <laughs> and um, the main club in Belfast, Kremlin, and there's Kremlin and they, they have their like little bar attached to it, which is Union Street. It's on Union Street and it's this little small street like tucked away in Belfast. And it's kind of, it's off all the main roads. So people like at nighttime will just walk up and down it. And, um, and we raced down Union Street. <laughs> and um, I got pushed. I got pushed by Porsche and um, I fell over and I did not win. You you were sabotaged. So I was sabotaged by Porsche de Monte. You, you that could have been your like crown for that race. <laughs> I don't think I it guess. would have been, you, to be honest. I, <laughs> you didn't have your hopes that high. No, I did. Well, I had my hopes set very high. I remember when it when and I did you know what I did like the cardinal like sin as well. I took I took my shoes off and my wig off in the in my lip sync. Oh, uh, why? I, oh, because God. I, I was desperate. I was I was <laughs> caught up in the moment. And I understand, like when, like now, when I'm watching Drag Race and queens take their wigs off and their shoes, I'm like, oh, why are they doing that? Oh my god, I clutch my pearls. But back in back then, you're like, you're desperate. You wanna, you wanna shock people and you wanna like do as much as you can. And because I don't, I, I didn't know the words to the song. I I didn't know, um, I didn't know what I was doing. I just took my wig off. I as like a last, maybe this will work. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I get that. I get that. What were some of the other like? Because I, pr- I imagine you kind of was it over the course of one night. Like, what were some of the other challenges that I guess oh, ended God, up you're occurring? Test- you're testing my memory. Um, I remember we had to do a joint lip sync. Mine was with uh, Paletta Stiletta, or as uh, 
said another Northern Irish accent, Paletta Stiletta. Um, <laughs> and why was it with her? We basically, we had, no, 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 no. Oh. Like, uh, she was Beyonce and I was Lone Lewis. And we did that, um, what's the song that they did when, she, like, in the finals for uh, that that program? <laughs> so for uh, like X Factor? Yes, the, the X only, Factor. The only thing I can think of is Bleeding Love, but I don't think she no, was in that. No, it was the song that they sung at the end. I can't remember what it was. Uh, oh, Listen. Oh, right. And yeah. um, I was, I was Lone Lewis and she was Beyonce, but I don't know why we did that in the first round because why would she have been because she was competing against me i don't know but i just have this vague memory of doing that and then or or maybe that was later in the competition because every night for the competition we went we went every night to like support everybody and like my friend anton mm. got quite far in it i think he was in the he was in the uh, final obviously paletta won and um and then there was just another lip sync i don't really remember it was very long ago and i'm old <laughs> you slept a lot since then. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, right, now, fair enough. So, and I hear something. So, who is who are your favorite um, queens? And I so, but like, I want this to be two categories. So, one. So, who are your favorite um, RuPaul's Drag Race queens, and who are your favorites just queens in general? Okay, so who might not have been on Drag Race. Uh, favorite. Non drag race, uh, sorry, my favorite drag race queens are really easy. Uh, they are Katya and Trixie, hands down. So, yeah, Katya is wonderful. Yes, Yekaterina Petrovna Zamlochkova and uh, and uh, Tracy Mardell as well. I just I loved them, I loved them while they were on the show. And um, when they did their, their little they did their little small online series that they did that didn't really get much attention, um, I just fallen so much like so so deeply in love with the pair of them. Did you see my Trixie makeup? I did. I I did. I think you were too harsh on yourself, even like with the wig you had. I think you looked very good, to be honest. It was really I think you fun. You looked really good. It was. Uh, I kept looking at myself in the mirror, and being like, oh, Trixie. It was really weird. I just wish I had had. I had like. I literally like. I decided to do it there and then. Had I had a bit more thought, I would have actually styled like a bigger hair. Anyway, uh, yeah, love Trixie and Katya, and then um, I have a huge obsession as well at the moment with Gigi Good, who's on the current series. I think she's amazing. She's won most of the challenges. She is <laughs> she's on win, fire. She? She's, she's, just... she's great. I like to think I am her. Um, and then right. talking Ooh. of thinking that I am people, I also like to think I'm Miss Fame. I love Miss Fame. <laughs> um, and then non-drag race queens. Um, God, there's so many, but then I also can't remember so many of them. I love Coco Peru. I think Coco Peru is one of the most amazing drag queens in the world. Right. Um, who else do I love? Do you know who I was just watching, actually, earlier? I was watching Day Med and Everage. Um, oh, did you put on your... Yeah, I put it on my story, and because yeah. a friend of mine had shared it. And, um, hey, actually, that's a good point. I can talk about local queens. Uh, some of the queens in Manchester are amazing. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Why am I not talking about Juno Birch? Sorry. Wait, Pause. <laughs> Why I was not... waiting for that to be honest. I was waiting for Juno. I was like, why, why am I not talking about yeah, Juno Birch? Yeah, like because that's yeah. Go on, go ahead. So Juno Birch is the most stunning alien drag queen in the entire world, and I love her and I'm obsessed with her. And it's a little bit embarrassing how obsessed with her I am. And I actually, I actually bem- I bumped. <laughs> I'm getting excited. I bumped. <laughs> I bumped into her in the club. Um, I'm getting all giddy. I can't talk. 
Uh, I bumped. <laughs> I bumped into her into a club in a club um, in like October last year, and you would honestly think I had seen like Lady Gaga or something. And I'm, I was with my friend Rosie, and she was like, "Who was that?" I was like, "It's Jodie Birch." <laughs> I ran across the club, went, Jodie, <laughs> and she said, "She's like, sorry, do I know you?" Like, as in, oh not in a in a way of like. Um, like, oh, I'm like, do I know you? It was more in a way of, I was being so familiar with her. Like she was my best friend that she thought, have I met you before? Mm. And I was like, no, no, you don't know me. I just think you're amazing. <laughs> oh, it was really, it was that embarrassing. But no, I think she's great. And um, a lot of the other Manchester Queens are freaking incredible. I mean, all of the family gorgeous are amazing. Uh, you've got, you know, Cheddar, Lil, uh, Anaphylactic, Licorice. I can't remember anybody else's names. Um, Banksy, who else is amazing? Violet. Um, there's just like an endless queen, like endless list of queens in Manchester. They're all absolutely incredible and amazing what they do. And they, need, they deserve lots more recognition. I Absolutely. There's so much talent out there, which is sadly, it, it seems it's hard to get traction, which is heartbreaking because there's just so many talented queens out there. Yes. who. I think that's the thing, though. Now there are so many of them. <laughs> Um, that's the thing. I feel, yeah, I feel it's it's awful. It's like it's become a bit saturated, and you really have to go above and beyond to, I guess, stand out. Yeah, because it's when I first started doing drag, it was really easy because the fact that I was just putting a wig on my head was controversial, and it was like shocking. Like you could literally count the amount of drag queens in Belfast on one hand, and um, right, and um, there was Portia, Tina, Trudy, and Titty. And and then Rusty, and then and then and then Drag Race happened, and people started like coming out of the woodworks, and people mm. started appearing, and then they were like, "Who are these new young things?" And every city was like that. They had like three or four drag queens, and that was it. But now you go on Instagram, right. and everyone's a drag queen, which is great. And I think it's really cool that like it's so accepted now, and so many people are turning to drag for inspiration, and turning to makeup and everything, and. I think it's I think it's incredible, but it is difficult to get yourself noticed now because the very I still think the act of of someone who was assigned birth at uh, assigned birth at male assigned male <laughs> at birth putting a wig on their head and calling themselves beautiful I think that's political and I think it's amazing and I think it's it's wonderful, but it's not enough to get you noticed these days. You need a gimmick. You need a yeah, really you interesting gimmick. You need a storyline, honey. You you do. You need a law. You need to really kind of like be really interesting, or at least look very um, like out there and like break the mold a little bit, which is which is ridiculous because like like you said, like a, like about ten years ago ish, just putting a wig on was enough. But mm-hmm. now you need to like be so incredibly interesting. And then even then, because um, I don't, I'm not really connected to the drag community, but like I know I've seen a couple of things, and it seems like the drag community can be quite toxic at times. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you have to really really be different. Yeah. I think as as much as the drag community can be toxic, it can be really rewarding as well. I think it just depends on. <laughs> I think it just depends on what, on what you're like as well. If that, you know, if you if you're if you're, I always think if you put positivity out in the world, you're only going to get positivity back to you. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But then I say this, and then I've 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 had my my run-ins. <laughs> We've all I... had our run-ins, you know. I feel that's part of it. I feel just sort of like, to, and even like this extends to even just like in, in the cross-dressing community. I feel everyone um, 
it, it's drama is like naturally going to occur and like how you handle that i feel is like uh, like you say if you put if you handle it in a positive way if you try and like disperse it as quick as possible without really going for the jugular i feel you know positivity will find you back however if you yeah <laughs> i i understand where you're coming from. yes um uh, it's one of those things. Although at the same time, everyone loves a bit of drama, though, don't they? So it's, you've got yeah. to kind of resist the temptation to indulge. Do you watch any of those drama channels on YouTube? I did, but not anymore. I, like, I'm not um, obsessed with Jake. Was it Jake Yonsei? Jake who? Jake Yonsei. Oh, Jake Yonsei. And he, he does like all these... Dra- it's because they're all about drag race. And I, and I love watching him. And I feel really bad because I shouldn't be indulging in drama. And like I'm like, these are people's lives. But to be fair, he's nice about it. He's not just like, oh my God, this fucking bitch is so rude. He's actually... He's actually nice, and he kind of like he will say, "This has happened. I'm reporting on this. I'm pointing out what's happened. You make up your own mind." Oh yeah, so he's just sort of like, like telling the story, reporting. Told, I guess he just happens yeah. to have like a pink backdrop with like a Mean Girls poster up and big wear big pink glasses and being like, "Yeah, sip this rich tea, hunty." <laughs> Which I think all journalists should be saying, to be honest. I I got I would make yeah that would make the news so much more interesting if they were. Good lord! I um, oh, that would be fab. Uh, right. So, for those of you who don't know, um, Patrick has a huge fear of sloths. Oh, the very mention um, of them makes my skin crawl. It makes you. But at one point, you had a fear of oranges. <laughs> I, I need you to explain. Like, what, what is the... How can you have a fear of oranges? So, it's funny because when you're in the orange-fearing community, you start to realise <laughs> that it's actually, like, a lot of people have a dislike for fruit and vegetables, um, and uh, quite a lot of people have a real disliking of oranges. A lot more people don't like bananas and are terrified of bananas. And I don't understand that because the reason I don't like oranges is they have such a pungent stench and they squirt you and they leave that pithy, like horrible substance everywhere. And I think that mine is a bit of like, I have a bit of PTSD because my sister, when I was younger, would peel, makes me feel sick thinking about it. (laughs) She would peel the the whole orange and then leave the, the fully formed peel. And she said she was really superstitious and said that if like, she would have to peel the orange in one whole segment. If that makes sense. Like in one, the skin would have to be all in one. Yeah. And she would then leave it like at the back of the wine rack, or uh, and obviously as like a fourteen-year-old boy, I was always going to the back of the wine rack. Um, <laughs> and she would like hide them in places like under the sink, and you would find this like rotting green, horrible orange skin all over the place. And that Ooh. coupled with her in her pajamas, like being all gross and smelly, with um stinking of like orangey horrible fingers i've just been really traumatized by it to be honest i i could understand that why was she hiding them why because she's a psychopath that's why i, I just know it was superstition I, I a benefit. like she would say that because like she was like it's good luck to peel it whole and so i can't throw them away because it ruins the spell or something i but <laughs> no god that's just wrong <laughs> oh oh god like... But quite a lot of my, my best friend Rosie DeVee doesn't like oranges as well, which is really helpful because when I worked in the salon with her, we had no orange policy. And uh, people would come in, they'd start be like, I'm excluding my orange. Like, no, I'm really sorry. We don't have oranges in the salon. You can't eat that in here. 
We don't do that here. No. No. Outside. <laughs> uh, and and it's like you'll be sat there on the bus and someone will start eating an orange on the other side of the bus and you can smell it. And it like permeates the very being. And uh, I just I don't like them. I love orange juice though. Orange juice is wonderful. Yeah. Tropicana is the best. Oh yeah. Smooth or bits? What do you prefer? Smooth. Yeah. Um, don't like a bit. Yeah. I, it's no, too I too like pithy it for me. It, it it brings back the memories of where it, of what the uh, sauce was. I <laughs> gives you a flashback. Uh, do you know what is the most horrible thing in the entire world? Though, have you ever been into a booths shop? Not boots. Booths. No, I haven't. I have not. No. So, uh, well, I guess they probably have them in other places as well. But I used to live right next to one, and they have an orange juice machine there. And now the really annoying thing is the actual juice that comes out of the orange juice is really nice. But they have a machine that is basically my worst nightmare because, oh shit, it's not the thing. That's fine. Um, when you go in, you press the button and you put your little cup underneath and it basically squashes a million oranges at once in front of your face. And it goes, oh it goes through these like gnashing, gnawing teeth and they like explode in front of your face. So it's the first Ooh. time, like G- G- Jesus. I know. I went in and I was like, "What is that horrible stench of oranges?" And what is going? And then like, ksh, 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 like all like being squashed one after the other. It wasn't fun. But the orange God. juice was really nice because they were freshly squeezed. I... <laughs> Why do people like bananas? If you're into, the, if you are connected to the the, the fruit fearing community, I, I, can you say why? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe it's because they're phallic. I maybe, but oh, what no. God, that's I, I suddenly understand. I can really, I can understand that. Um, I can really understand that to be honest. Seeing it, finding rotting. Oh, oh, I'm not good with that. I would. Oh, I think it's a combination of things. I, to be honest with you, I can I can sit in a room with someone eating an orange now, but when I was younger, I couldn't. What made you overcome your fear of oranges? Just you grew up. Um... What's what's that? There's a name for it, like when you sort of force yourself to go over it, and um, like from through exposure, I kind of just realised I needed to suck it up a little bit and get over it. So I don't think I ever like ate an orange. I don't think I've ever eaten an orange. I probably have when I was younger, but I don't. I don't think I've ever actually sat and eaten an actual orange. I don't think I could. But um, <laughs> being around people and living with it and saying, "Hey, I I control this." Orange doesn't control me. I can go with this. You're owning your fear. Yes, yeah, I'm owning my fear. and then you're conquering it. Your fear, your fear no longer controls you. Yes. And um, do you think you'll be able to start doing the same with sloths? Yes. Well, did I tell you my story about the sloths? Um, you you did, but you should tell it again. Okay. Well, f- for those of you who don't know, I also have a story. Well, we've mentioned that my fear of sloths. Um, basically, for my birthday last year. Um, which, which doesn't sound like a great birthday present. We went to go and see the sloths. Um, you know, for my birthday last year, we actually kind of did like a bit of a joint thing. And my stepdad had got a Christmas present where he could go and take pictures in a zoo of the animals. Um, so we went with him, and then the uh, and then we kind of just walked around like and looked at all the animals while he was doing that. Um, and they had a sloth at the zoo, and I had to find out in advance whether or not they had any. <laughs> and when it was confirmed to me that they had, I was like, okay, well, when we go, we're going to have to avoid that area. And um, we're just not going to mention it when we go. So obviously we go. 
and we're like, I don't know where the slots are. Okay, whatever. Anyway, get we approach the enclosure. All right, Patrick, that's the sloth enclosure. Like, okay. Um, and it was also, it was like a mixed enclosure. It was a sloth enclosure and a bat enclosure. Oh, and oh, I was that's like, a weird thing to mix. I yeah. Know. Well, they turns out they weren't actually mixed together. They were separated, of course. They, were, they weren't like flying into each other's faces. Um, and uh, in a funny twist of events, when I was a kid, um, I I really wanted to go into the bats, and then I got to the bats, and I was too scared to go in. So when we got there, and it was like the bats, I was like, oh, I kind of want to go in and look at the bats. <laughs> um. Because I, I wasn't bothered and I wasn't scared, but then I, so I thought, do you know what? I, like I'm just gonna try and do this, and I and I was, let's go and have a look at this stupid freaking animal that I don't like. And again, it's a little bit like the oranges; like it's calmed down a lot um, because everyone sends me pictures of them, thinking it's really funny, uh, which it isn't. Please, I... please don't send me pictures of them. <laughs> what uh, great friends! You I have. know, right? <laughs> so we went into the the enclosure, and I'm sort of like, oh, uh, and then obviously we get to the doors, and it's like walk in enclosure, like come and pet the sloth. Um, so my anxiety is it's somewhere in, uh, near Brighton. Um, and my my anxiety is going through my roof. My heart's beating, so I slowly edge through the door. I'm like, oh, oh, it's just the bats. Okay, so the first bit is just bats, and uh, so I stood and like looked at the bats, and I said like, go in ahead and like tell me what there is. So my sister and my mum go ahead, and they come back and like, okay, so we've been in. And it's a green enclosure and it's there's trees and it's quite open. And then there is a woman stood there and the sloth is just above her head. Oh my God. So I'm going boom, 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 boom. I'm like, right. And I said, Can you please go in and warn her. <laughs> and they looked at me, they, <laughs> they looked at me and said, we have. <laughs> uh, so I was like, right. Okay. So I, I literally, I went in through the door. I looked at it and I ran through <laughs> <laughs> and I ran yeah. underneath the sloth and out of the side. So that was my exposure um, to the sloth. Did it work? I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. But I was, I, was, <laughs> I was really proud of myself for going in and um, looking like, I just really think they're really horrible. When I picture them in my head, <laughs> they're just really, really horrible. I, they are like... They're not cute they're, they're and cuddly. They have like 10 no, inch toenails not. that will slice your eye open and they move at like two centimeters a mile and it's terrifying. I, yeah, they're very, they're overrated, I feel, as animals. I feel that's just like a trend um, which I never really got, like people loving <laughs> sloths. I mean, maybe I'm biased as well because um, apparently, according to people on school and at, at school and the internet, uh, I look a bit like Sid the Sloth, which is wrong. Oh I no! Look like Mar- <laughs> I look like Marshall the Sloth from the second oh. film, not not the first one. They need to get it right. I do. I genuinely kind of I can relate to Marshall, not um, not so much Sid. Marshall's right. So getting. <laughs> do you have any irrational fears? <laughs> um. No. No. Not really. Um. I'm just a... new social interactions, but I've just got to like, like hold my breath and kind of like get through it. Mm. Um, I guess in a similar way to like you with exposure. Although I don't think that's really kind of irrational. I feel that's quite common yeah. in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. I think you're um, right. And I think the more people speak about it, the really the less irrational it becomes, the more rational it is. People realise that actually is a very common uh, thing. But it it doesn't just because it's common doesn't make it any less terrifying. Oh, it's um, it's it's awful. Yeah. Whenever I go into um, I went to um, there's a Taco Bell in Leeds, 
um, and I went in there for the first time and like I was going to be adventurous because I'm very fussy with food and I went in um, and I was like stood, I didn't know what I wanted and I was just stood there for ages like looking at the board and I could see the, the guy behind the counter was looking at me like are, are you going to order? Mm. Are you going to order? And I'm like oh I feel like under so much pressure and like because they've all got like <laughs> proper names and I was like I don't know how to pronounce that I'm yeah. going to look like such a tit if I I'm yeah. like number three please yeah. <laughs> thank you um yeah, like that kind of social anxiety. Yeah, we've all been in that awful. situation, though. Oh, I totally understand how it's like, why is there so much pressure? It's the, 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 big, the big board, and it's like, how the hell am I... I even go to McDonald's, and I don't know. But now I just shout, I, just, I don't know what I want. At them. <laughs> if, in, if in doubt, shout at them. <laughs> <laughs> that would solve things. <laughs> Um, right, so moving away from um, like, move away, moving away from sloths and other awful things and fears, back to you because um, something I forgot to ask at the beginning was so where did the name Wow Man come from, and were there any other names that you you could have called Wow Man instead of Wow Man? Or? So Wow Man comes from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, uh, which is a wonderful film that if you've not watched, uh, where have you been? And um, have you watched it? I have not. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I've, God knows where, where have I've been. been? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I honestly it's amazing you'll love it and i highly recommend it it's uh the it's about three australian drag queens who travel across the uh outback and then they get up to all sorts of uh fun and uh hilarity ensues and um one of the drag queens is played by hugo weaving and uh he mm. has a make up a um makeup company i guess it's a makeup company and it's called i think it's called woman and um and it's almost it's a bit like a qvc kind of thing and it's like a running joke throughout it that they refer to every now and then and it just always used to really tickle me this sort of play on what like woman because it was all like really like it was designed for drag queens but he ended up using it on all the rough outback aussie women and it was all about like releasing your inner woe man. And I was just like <laughs> coming up with ideas of names. And it was one of those things. And, you know, just like we were laughing about all the really cheesy kind of names you could come up with. And I was like, what about wow man? And um, and laughed. And I was like, oh, it's like thingy from Priscilla Queen that does that. And then I was like, oh, actually, it kind of works. And then, you know, you kind of start putting things together and then there was just like, oh, I'll just use this name because this is the w- name that's like the working title at the moment and it's just stuck. Right. Okay. Um, that's so cool. That's like, uh, the name is almost like a little Easter egg for yourself. <laughs> yes. Obviously referencing that movie. That's so cool. Yeah. Although I, no one's ever noticed it or mentioned it. I'm actually, while we're on air, I'm going to uh, uh, see if I can I want to remind myself if um, if I'm actually correct about the Ooh. thing. If it's Woman or Wowman, please talk amongst yourselves while I Google. I... <laughs> um, so, were there any other? So, what were some of the cheesy names that you oh, kind I can't of came remember. up with as alternatives? They were just exceptionally cheesy. They're just like we were just being stupid, to be honest. Oh, I can't find them. Um, yeah, we were just being daft. Like, um, I can't. No, I, I can't remember any any of any of the daft ones that we came up with. I even asked my ex because my ex is really good at stuff like that and coming up with names. And I was like, "What do you think?" He came up with the. Um, I had a a headdress company. Well, it wasn't really a company. Like, I I I 
when I, again, this is about three years ago, I sort of, uh, my work was drying up ever so slightly. So I was like, I'm going to start making headdresses. And it was called Crown in My Heart, um, which was a line from a Shakespeare thing that he came up with. Um, and uh, so I was like, Danny, help me. I need I need a name for something. But he didn't provide, he didn't give me one. <laughs> he didn't need it. No. <laughs> he was but that no was help. the desperation at the time was trying to, uh, you know, pulling in all my resources. Uh, yeah. Well, Waman, it's it's become like an, a very positive, infamous name um, in the community. Yeah, like I think I, it's like celebratory rather than being like uh, underground, you know, CD. Like, oh, I'm up to something naughty. That's the last thing I want to do. I want everyone. Oh God, no. I, I I want. I don't want people to come to me feeling like they're doing something wrong or they're doing something naughty because it is very much the opposite of that. You are doing something Absolutely. celebratory, and you are doing something empowering. Absolutely, uh, and I feel the name really represents that. And like I said, it's so inter- interesting and cool that they're like it's like a little reference. That's where the name comes from. That's so. Oh, I love Thanks. that. I love that. That's your homework. Uh, you need to go and watch Priscilla Queen of the Desert. I um I will. I've got a long. Uh, me and my girlfriend are planning on watching. I've write a long list of things. Um, once lockdown, whenever it gets lifted, um, and I'll add that to the list because that sounds like something that she would also be interested in because she's also very interested in drag. It's amazing. Um, that and uh, Tu Wong Fu, you need to watch as well, which is basically like the American version. Okay. In in like a weird uh, non coincidental apparently. Uh, turn of events the the an american uh film that starred three drag great three drag queens who traveled across america <laughs> uh in a car uh, and then in, in priscilla it's in there in a bus um just so happened to come out around the same time as priscilla and everyone says it's oh. just a coincidence mm-hmm. but i think it's a pretty big coincidence but it's really weird That's because so in the american one they're in drag the entire time and they act oh. they you like watching it they're like yes we're drag queens uh, but they are always in drag. You never, and then there's one moment where she has her wig snatched off um, accidentally, and it's like, oh, you've revealed my identity. It's it's a bit weird. It's a bit. Uh, it kind of shows the age a little bit. Whereas uh, I think because the drag community was so big and strong in Australia, they got it a little bit more right. But it it has a bit of a strange kind of representation of drag in America. In two right. or so, but it's incredible. It's uh, Wesley Snipes, Patrick Swayze, and John Leguizamo play the three drag queens, which you would not think. What? what? Yeah, what the? Right Wesley now. Snipes playing a drag queen is just amazing, and he plays her so well. So good. Anyway, <laughs> I guess that's a detriment to um, his acting, I guess. Oh, well, yeah, right. Um, well, I, I will certainly add that to the list. Uh, right. So this is the royalty, and it wouldn't be the royalty if I didn't have each of the guests spill some of their own tea. So, do you have a hot take that you'd like to air or take to the floor? <laughs> this is the moment we're gonna have to give me a second to think of something because I haven't thought of it anyone because anything because we've been talking so much. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um. Um, 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 remind me what the other girls were again. So, so I can um, think of Lucy's, like... <laughs> Lucy's hot take was that she effectively doesn't like, um, people who eat bad, bad smelling foods, um, on slow walkers. Um, Nick's was that all the best. Oh, 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 oh I thought of one. Go on. Okay. So my hot take, um, I, I guess it's a hot, well, hopefully it's a hot take. Um, 
I have a real, I, I want to start off by saying a disclaimer that I am not kink shaming anybody. If your, your kink is your kink and that's fine, but there is nothing degrading about wearing women's clothes. Oh, I'm just, I'm putting women's clothes in inverted commas. There's nothing in, degrading about wearing feminine clothes. Wearing feminine clothes does not make you a sissy. And um, again, not kink shaming. If your kink is that you want to be a little, uh, I don't know if you want to bleep all of this, but a sissy comes lot, that's fine. I, I fully support I it's that. Fine. <laughs> but I'm saying this because I want people to know that you don't, if you want to wear women's clothes, you don't have to sexualize it to make you feel less guilty about it. Because I think so many people, when they start thinking, I'm interested in wearing feminine clothes, I want to present as female, when they very first start thinking about it, they make it a fetish. And for a lot of people, it is yeah. just a fetish, that's fine. But I, I, I see it every single day on Twitter. I'm going to put a picture of my genitals in a chastity as my profile picture on Twitter, uh, and I'm going to be sissy cum slut. And, and, I, and I see that, and I'm like, you don't have to be like that. If you want to be, that's fine. But for the sheer volume of them, I think it's. I think it comes from. Oh, I'm really going, not going to go off on one here. Go for it. But no, I, I'm on board with it. I, I think it starts from this oppressive masculinity that we have in our society that they feel like the only way they can express their femininity is by reducing their masculinity in a sexual way. And they can't just feel free to do it. And actually, I don't actually blame those people for feeling like that at all. And I, and I totally understand it. So I'm saying to them, you don't have to feel like that. And you don't, and if you really feel like you're really enjoying it and you, and you want to do that, fine. Like that's okay. But you don't have to, you don't mm. have to be sissy cum slut. You can be, that's uh, absolutely cool. Like be a cum slut. <laughs> Sorry. I, I know I keep saying that. I don't know how PG you want this to be, but. Oh no, no. I've sworn so much. It's perfect. fine. That's, that's absolutely fine. Um, um. But like, seriously, you can just wear feminine clothes. I mean, they're freaking clothes for God's sake. I mean, what is even a feminine they're just bits clothes? Of, they're bits of cloth. They're just bits of cloth cut differently. It's okay to wear whatever you want to wear and not have to sexualize it is my hot take. I, and I, I really, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Good. It's, it, it's very much, uh, it's because it, if people want to do what they want kind of behind, you know, Closed doors, that's like all or, the, um, like in, the power to them, it's fine. In front of closed doors, you know. <laughs> Under the closed so doors, online. you know, with, Under the, yeah. with their penis inside the closed door. Whatever you want to do, like, that's cool. But I think people need to remember that, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've gone to tweet this and stopped myself. But I, I just wish people would remember, or n- not even remember, just know that you don't have to sexualize everything. And that you can just want to wear women's clothes and it's not wrong. And it's not, I, like, I, I reckon most, pretty much everyone who's going to listen to this is like, yeah, of course we don't do that. Like, we know it's cool to wear what we want to wear, but there are some people out there still who... Um, We're in that mindset. Yeah. And it exhausts me. It's very exhausting to be the person who's trying to live their life. As you know, as so many people who listen to this will know, who's trying to live their life. And every single day you go on your Twitter and it's like, dick, 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 dick. And all of those dicks are attached to someone who's like, I'm a, I'm a sissy little piss piss. And, and it's like, <laughs> no, and, it, it's, like, yeah. and it, it's frustrating. Cause I'm like, actually you're probably someone who has a really successful job and you go around every single day in your life, living a really happy, normal, like career. 
where you make a lot of money and you want to sexualize, you know, this side of you because you can't, you can't escape from, not that you can't escape from it, but you can't, you can't not sexualize it because if you, you wouldn't be able to deal with it without doing that. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, I get what you mean. So it's like the only way they can have, yeah. So they're relatively successful, but they have like they choose to sexualize um, dressing up because they they feel they mentally couldn't kind of cope with it, and it would give them emotions or feelings they feel they wouldn't be prepared for. When in reality, if they wanted to just do that, they'd be perfectly fine because exactly. they just like they just they just clothes, yeah. just clothes. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think and, it's just so. just a lot of people sort of start this being like, oh, it's just a fetish. It's just it's just sex things. And it's like, well, it's actually not. It's so much deeper than that. And, and for some people, it is just that. Um, but I know, and I'm saying this because I have these conversations every day with people through my through my work. I have this conversation with like, you know, like a really big percentage of my clients. They're like, I thought it was just a fetish at first, and I realized that it's not just a fetish, and that actually it's not a fetish at all. I hear that phrase every day, you know. Mm. And um, it's a wider world out there. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, that's that's I've that's got, like I've amazing. got that off my chest. So and like, like what? That's fantastic, absolutely. Um, and and I agree. And I hope people listening will um will listen because obviously, if you've um wanted to tweet that for a while and you haven't, you always backtrack. Well, there we go. It's out in the it's open now. The open um, now. Um, it's been said, and and yeah, it's just dressing. It doesn't have to be sexual. It's it can just be expression. For a lot of us, it is. Obviously, there is like a large chunk of people where it is um, sexual, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Every, you know. Um, yeah, you can just enjoy it. <laughs> you can just exactly. enjoy it. Everyone wants to feel because you can just be fabulous. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's um, oh, that's so great. So. My sister and I have this ongoing joke because I've got two older sisters. One of them's gay, and the gay sister and I uh, have very differing opinions on on clothes and style and fashion and all sorts. And I I sent her a picture today of this ridiculous mountain of high heels, and I said, "Do you think this is too much?" And she replied back, "Well, if you think that's what a woman actually wears, then yes, I do think it's too much." Um, I just reply back saying, "Don't be so ridiculous. I don't think this is what a woman wears." I know women don't wear high heels every single day of their life. And I said, in fact, they're not women's shoes. They're my shoes. And um, I said, like, you know, I get it. This is this isn't about women's clothes. This is about what I feel is glamorous. I said, like, and then and then we went on a little bit. And I said, look, if you feel glamorous wearing a tuxedo, then freaking like hoorah. You know, that's amazing. But I feel glamorous mm. wearing high heels. And I feel exactly. glamorous wearing a tuxedo as well. I that's all the power to you. Exactly, that's the best of both. That's so yeah. They just I don't understand why, like even like outside of like the fetish community, to people who don't really understand why people kick up such a foot, they're just clothes, and it's just like like makeup. It's oh, I feel awful saying it. it's glorified face paint, basically. <laughs> so it's, true. It's, co- I, it's coloured so dust. It's, yeah, it literally it is. So why is it? Um, it's it's such a so something my uh, my girlfriend said to me um, like a little while ago. She was like, I don't know why everyone has such like a big deal about wearing women's clothes. I mean, I do it, and <laughs> so they're just they're just literally clothes. So I don't understand the yeah. yeah. Um, it's all a bit. It's all funny, isn't it? Uh, right. So before we round things off, you because due to um, Corona fucking everything up, that's also 
um, messed with your business quite a lot. So you have a Patreon, don't you? I do have a Patreon. Yes, thank you for remembering to mention it because I forgot at the beginning. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I started up a Patreon account because um, I obviously I can't work at the moment due to the government advice given to us basically to I mean, I can't social distance <laughs> with people when I put my hands <laughs> in their faces. So Stay inside, protect the DFS. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to start something that will help people in the community, but also help myself, I guess, help support me. Um, there's three different tiers. There's a £5, £10, and £15. Um, £5 is like the sort of minimum one where you get like little updates and you get pictures and stuff like that. And then anything from £10 up, uh, you can get access to all my makeup hair and well i say hair i've actually started the hair videos but yeah but makeup and dressing advice videos on there and um i'm kind of adding i'm doing like one every week at the moment trying to do two a week if i can but i'm not right. i'm not sort of pushing myself like loads because my headspace is a bit messy at the moment and i was putting too much pressure on myself but anyway that's a whole other story um right yeah, so please come and support me on my Patreon. And like, I, I, guys, honestly, I'm such an open book. If you message me and ask me any questions or talk to me, as long as there isn't a penis attached, um, I will be more than happy to reply to you and chat and give you advice if you feel like you want advice from me. Um, can you give us like what kind of like tutorials are available um, on your Patreon? So I have a basic makeup tutorial, basic feminization makeup uh there is like a smoky eyes tutorial i'm going to be doing like a cut crease makeup tutorial um but that everything that i'm putting on i'm trying to make sure that it's really lengthy and like understandable i can't stand going on makeup videos on youtube and they're like okay so i'm just gonna blend this color out and it's like poof and it's done and it's done oh it's so fr- and they're so pat sorry they're so patronizing yeah. as well and they use words like lovely and oh just so yep. the, the the thing that, and people kept saying, please just put them on YouTube. Like, I don't want to put them on YouTube because um, I, like I'm kind of giving, I'm giving unedited, well, it's edited a little bit, obviously, but sort of more or less unedited advice. The, I'm not being funny. I used to get paid quite a lot of money to give people. And I've taught in a makeup school for four years and I've traveled around the world doing makeup. So for a tenor, I don't think it's that much to pay, you know? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. That's a steal, exactly. Yeah. So you shouldn't be giving that away for free when you're like when you're so talented and you have such a passion oh, for it. Absolutely. Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> you're so talented and have a passion for it. <laughs> Thank you. Um it's the truth though, it's absolutely the truth. Um so but yeah, it is yeah. more makeup focus at the moment, but then I'm starting to try and do like little uh little clothing tip advice videos and I've just posted one about uh corsets and padding. The one before that was how to cover your eyebrows and also beard covering. Um, and then I you put on cleavage as well, didn't you? Yes, the little cleavage video. Um, um, yeah, so there's just lots of little bits and bobs here and there. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Anyone who um, is wanting to um, expand their skills or kind of get into um, the wonderful world of um, makeup and dressing, they should yeah. absolutely. And it's just my. Uh, handles and everything are wowman patrick so you can find me through there on patreon twitter instagram facebook i think but i haven't really promoted my facebook so i think i've got like two people following my facebook <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it's great it's great that you're consistent overall though that's um hmm. that's great i think that about wraps us up so thank you so much patrick you have been phenomenal oh thank you so much it's been so much um... fun to talk to you again 
And hopefully next time we speak, we will be in person. Fingers crossed. Once all this is over, we will meet again. And everything we will, will be meet wonderful. again. <laughs> It'll be... Oh, there's going. There's a big party coming. Oh, I really, really hope oh, so. I'm absolutely... I'm like dying for it. I just want to be surrounded by lots of very colourful people. And people who are just love each other. And we can just all get drunk and have lots of fun. Absolutely. Lots of pictures. Lots of terrible pictures too, probably. Because, you know, who can take good pictures when they're drunk? But yeah, it's going to be amazing. There's <laughs> a great big party coming. And I am so, so excited. Yeah. So thank you so much again. Um, and I shall, I imagine, I'll speak to you soon. Yay! Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. As always, thank you all so, so much for listening. And until next time, goodbye. Good night.